0: are you chasing shiny objects in your marketing? Is it all about the newest platform, where you need to be, and you're feeling like your company is being left behind? Well, we get into that in today's episode. Today, we have Kate Adams on the show. She's the VP of Marketing at Berkeley, And we talk about how to block out the noise and focus on your customers' problems, listening to your customer and identifying your target audience and how to use the fundamentals of marketing to connect with them. But before we get into the show, my name is Jordan Shelton. I'm the host of the Mind Your Marketing podcast. And this show is brought to you by Cave, a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow on social. So if you need help with social media, head over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to chat. All right. Now let's sit back and listen to this episode. <laughs> Oh. Mm. Ooh, what's going on, my beautiful marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, joining me is Kate Adams. She is the VP of Marketing at Berkeley. She also hosts the podcast Startup Success. Kate, how you doing?
1: Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm excited. I'm excited to chat all things marketing. And we had a good little conversation off air about kind of the fundamentals and you know the blocking and tackling, so to speak, of marketing and how we may or may not be losing our way, some marketers. So I'm excited to get into that. But before we do, I want to let you set the table. Walk us through your career. Did you fall into marketing? Was it always planned? Walk us through the journey to date, and then we'll hop in.
1: Okay, great. Thanks. You know, I'm one of those unusual ones that didn't fall into marketing. When I was young, I was tearing ads out of magazines and into brands and taglines and decorating my room with them. which is unusual. So I went to college for marketing, which is also unusual. And all my internships were in marketing. And then after school, I was able to work with some really exciting brands like Visa and Franklin Resources. And I learned a lot of the great Basics about marketing and branding and positioning. And then I went uh, on to startups. And that's where I've lived for a while now, primarily B2B, but a few B2C. And I'm at Brooklyn now, where we provide fractional CFOs, accountants, HR professionals for startups. We work with about 520 startups across the United States, and that's growing rapidly. So I'm back to where I love B2B marketing. It's been a lot of fun. I love it. I love it.
0: Now, you're working with a lot of companies, right? So you get to kind of peek behind the curtain for a lot of these companies and see what they're doing, where they're putting their budget, what are the initiatives they're going after. Now, We'll just throw it out there. Do you think that shiny object syndrome, do you think that people are chasing, you know, platforms and maybe creative or trying to have some impact that doesn't align with their business goals? Or do you think that's kind of just part of the marketing experience is going out there and maybe experimenting? How do you see that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I don't see it so much with the startups we work with, because they're so focused still on product development and service offering. But I see it with other companies and that we partner with and marketers that I interact with on different councils. And It's so easy to get caught up in what's new. And as a marketer, you have to. You know, I was saying earlier, I started my career catalog marketing. We didn't have email addresses, which is probably shocking to people listening, but we literally were spending half a million dollars producing catalogs and sending them out, direct telemarketing campaigns. That's where I started. So if you don't evolve with the times, you're gonna date yourself, absolutely. You've gotta learn social, you've gotta learn email marketing, web marketing, as a marketer, you have to stay current. But the flip side of that is I see a lot of people chasing channels and platforms that are interesting to them as a person as a marketer, but that's not where their target market or core customer is. An example of this is somebody I was helping out, you know, they brought their B2B brand on TikTok and it wasn't working for them. Well, their core customer is not on TikTok. TikTok is cool. I've checked it out. It's a great platform if you're in a B2C play or you have a specific B2B edge where your target market might be there. But it's not for everyone. And that's where I feel fortunate in my career, and that I spent so much time early on learning about positioning and knowing your target market, which I think gets lost sometimes in marketing now. It's about do you know these channels? You know, are you up to date on this? That's great, but it might not always be relevant for who you're going after.
0: 100%. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, There's this sense of FOMO uh, amongst marketers because they talk with other marketers and then they hear people, you know, gurus, quote unquote, giving things like, if you're not on TikTok, your business ain't going to be around. And they're saying just like crazy talk. And it's nice to have that recentering, right? To go, okay, let's get back to the basics here. Let's do the blocking and tackling. Like, where are my customers? Where do they hang out? Let's be there And let's and big and do we have the resources to connect with them on that platform in a meaningful way or is it going to be super half ass if we go in because
1: absolutely that's a
0: major part too.
1: Yep. And do you know their pain points and what you're trying to solve? I think, you know, one of the first things I do when I join a company is listen in on client calls or do a ton of research about what we're trying to solve, because it's being on the channels, but then it's also having the right messaging and positioning to connect with them on those channels.
0: One thousand percent. I guess what we're circling here is for that person who's listening. They're a marketer, and they're like,
1: "But I really think
0: TikTok." uh, Yeah, it's like, you know, okay, where do you go? And we go to maybe look up the data. But I'd probably say, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. But maybe pull existing customers, see what they like about the company, see why they bought from you in the first place, and get some of that that real data
1: you have to do a deep dive on that i that's the first thing i did at Brooklyn that's the first thing i've done it with previous companies absolutely get to know your current customers. They'll give you so much insight on where you should be and how How did they find you and what part of the message resonated with them that made them say yes to whatever your product or service is. Something worked with them, find out what it was and expand on that.
0: And when you're doing that, right, it's interesting because a lot of those will be anecdotal, but you can take out kind of those larger themes when you look at everybody. And that kind of segues into the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was, what's your relationship with data like? I was like, as marketers, (laughs) I feel like some people want to pretend it doesn't exist. Other people are like living in the spreadsheet and they can't take a, you know, they don't ever look up to realize that the world is moving in a different direction. So where are you at with regards to how you use data, how you source it? Yeah, I'd love to hear.
1: Yeah, it. great question because I see so many people get really caught up in the data as well. I feel like data, especially now we have so much data. We have more data than we ever have in my entire career, which is fantastic and you can see trends early and you can quickly see, you know, what's, you know, making a bang, what's causing people to click or react, which is great. The problem is I think you have to live halfway with data and then kind of your gut instincts and knowledge about what you know about your customers. And the reason why is data doesn't tell you the whole story. It doesn't allow for ramp time. It doesn't allow for you to hone your message on a channel. And also the data might not fully give you the full picture. And when I say that, an example that comes to mind is when I started at Berkland. the website was terrible. We relaunched the website, improved the messaging. The data was fantastic. It you know, off the charts, everything was saying, just stop, keep the website as is you hit home run, you did it. But my gut was telling me something was wrong with the website and the messaging. And we just weren't connecting fully with the customer as we could be. How did I know that from conversations I was having with customers and partners and our sales team who was out on the field. And so that's a perfect example of the data was saying 100% you hit it. But my gut and those kind of side conversations information that you're pulling in was telling me something different. So we relaunched again, very quickly within the first launch. And I remember our our web agency, their shock when I told them this on our conference call, like, what? She's, (laughs) she's, we're going to go through this again already. But the next time we hit it, It was such the perfect iteration of the journey that I'm so glad we didn't stop, that we kept pushing. And so I think that's an example of good data, but still wasn't enough. So that's why I would caution people, don't get, the spreadsheet's great, it's important, you know, listen to it, look at it, talk about it, but also don't get so caught up in it that you stop. And that's all you look at.
0: And that you take it as some, Truth, because the truth, although it can be, it usually gets morphed in marketers' minds, right? And yes. that's the thing. So it starts to fit into whatever truth we want. And what I mean by that is we forget blind spots. We forget things like, is our URL hard to spell for people? So they're not even getting to the site for us to get data. Are we Absolutely. indexed properly in Google? Uh, so if we're just looking at, you know, like site metrics, okay, cool. And I think to the big example of data that, at least in my recent memory is like the 2016 election. It was, Hey, it's 95%. Everyone's like, Hillary's going to win 95%. And it's like, Oh, all these people you polled, you were only taking the polling numbers of people who listened to the pollsters. Like there was obviously yes. the data said one thing, the truth was very different when we looked at outcomes. So it's interesting and something to take. That's one that always rings in my head when people start talking about data. I'm like, there was like thousands of data points on that election that, and it went completely different. So I try to take that lesson and put it into marketing of like, what am I missing? Where is it different? Mm-hmm. Is there an objective truth or am I finding a subjective truth, right?
1: Exactly. It's a great example. And lots of times people find that subjective truth. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's it's why. Now, I love that with data and how you approach it, and really those ideals of getting back to basics. Now, before I let you go, is there anything you want to leave the listener with? Anything about what Berkeley is maybe up to, which, you know, give us that elevator pitch. And then also to finish it off, let people know where they can connect with you online and learn more about Berkeley.
1: Oh, that's nice. Thank you. I mean, for the marketers listening, I would just say, get involved in a marketing group or a council, other marketing professionals, even outside of your industry. It's so it's great to talk about pain points, get new ideas, hear what others are doing. I've done that throughout my whole career. And some of these colleagues, we've been with each other since our early days as marketing managers out of college and now we're CMOs, VPs, and we still connect with new ideas and energy. It's really important, so I would highly recommend that. As far as Berkland, if you're a startup, definitely check us out. We provide, you know, fractional resources for startups, which is something I also highly recommend if you're scaling. You don't want to hire all these full-time people. You want to keep focusing on your product or service fit. And you can reach me on LinkedIn, Kate Adams, Birkeland, uh, Birkeland and also Startup Success. Our podcast is on Apple. If you're a founder or investor, it's a lot of fun. We have some great conversations there. Thank you for having me. I love talking about marketing perhaps someday we can meet in person at a conference or something. Hopefully we get back there. (laughs)
0: 100%. And I will put links to all of those websites and the podcast and Kate's LinkedIn as well in the show notes page. So you can just go down there and click on through to wherever your heart desires. Kate, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Sheldon, and I'll catch you next time.